Hey folks, welcome to episode 125 of the Ubuntu Security Podcast. I'm Alex Murray, and this week we're going to do the usual roundup of vulnerability fixes from the past week. Uh, we've got updates for WebKit GTK, MariaDB, QPDF, XIV2, uh, DBI, and more. And we're going to have a discussion actually about uh, some couple things that I've seen come out lately from Case Cook, uh, ex Ubuntu security member. Uh, both in terms of um, hardening of the upstream kernel and also in terms of trying to get, I guess, processes around kernel security done right and getting everyone collaborating together on that. Uh, So yeah, there are a couple of cool things to have a look at. As I say, first we will dive into the updates from the past week. There were 22 unique CVEs that were addressed by the team and first up was an update for WebKit GTK. This is for Ubuntu releases 18.04 long-term support, 20.04 long-term support and 21.04. Uh, it seems about every five to ten weeks there is another WebKit GTK update, and so yeah, it's time for one again. And as usual, being a web uh, framework, web engine, JavaScript engine, uh, there's the usual sorts of vulnerabilities fixed here that we expect. So fixes for things like cross-site scripting or denial of service or remote code execution attacks that could possibly be mounted against you if you visited a, a malicious website. So they've been fixed. Uh, we also published an update for MariaDB, and this is actually for a regression uh, for an update that was done about 10 weeks ago now, back uh, in episode 115, I talked about this. And so this is for the 2004 long-term support release. Uh, so uh, the problem here is that MariaDB intends to be compatible with MySQL. So the idea, you know, it's a fork of MySQL, but uh, the idea is that it is compatible with that. However, it failed to include uh, the caching SHA-2 password uh, library module, which is used as the standard authentication module in MySQL. And as such, clients uh, would not be able to connect to it because they would expect to use that to authenticate and would be unable to authenticate. So upstream MariaDB fixed this in newer versions. And so what we've done is backported this fix now to uh, the 2004 release. Uh, so if you are using MariaDB there, uh, odds on you should be a little more compatible with MySQL now. Uh, an update was done also for LibSoundFile. Uh, this was for all the way back to 1404 extended security maintenance, 1604 extended security maintenance, 1804 and 2004 long-term support respectively and 2104. Uh, this was for a heat buffer overflow that was in uh, the WAV decoder, so it could be trig- so it could possibly uh, allow remote code execution or at least a denial of service uh, being mounted against you. And this is actually found by Google's OSS fuzz. So cool to see that uh, you know having some real world impact and actually you know, detecting vulnerabilities and um, fixes coming out. After that was an update for QPDF. Uh, it's a PDF reader, I believe, in uh, KDE. Uh, this is uh, for 16.04 extended security maintenance, uh, 18.04 long-term support, and 20.04 long-term support. Uh, first issue was a denial of service uh, due to the way that it would try to recursively parse elements in the document and it would still continue on even in the face of errors. So it would try to be, I guess, like graceful degradation, but the problem was that then you could trigger it to just keep going and going and going uh, on a malicious PDF and it would soak up a heap of CPU time and that kind of thing. So it was instead fixed to bail out if it, it did encounter too many successive errors because obviously in this case the PDF was damaged anyway and so you're unlikely to get a good result. Uh, the other issue was a heat buffer overflow that could be triggered from a crafted PDF. And again, this was found by OSS Fuzz 2. After that was an update for PHP Pair, uh, the PHP kind of package manager. This was uh, a Simlink path traversal issue that could be um, mounted against uh, or mounted through a malicious tar archive because it affected the archive tar module. 
And uh, since Pair actually embeds this module directly, uh, it was also vulnerable, so that had to be updated. Uh, so essentially, you could um, you could abuse symlinks within the uh, tar archive to ar overwrite arbitrary local files on archive extraction and then get possible code execution. You can imagine doing things like overriding the user's bash RC or other things like that to yeah, get code execution automatically as a result. Uh, an update for GNU TLS as well. This is for two vulnerabilities that affected uh, the version in Ubuntu 20.04 long-term support. Uh, both of these were possible use after freeze that could be triggered in certain scenarios. Uh, upstream say uh, these are low priority because they were hard to exploit because you'd need to be able to predict the behavior of both uh, glibc's memory allocator as well as GNU TLS's own internal allocator. But again, because these could possibly use, be used for remote code execution, uh, they've been fixed. An update as well for XIV2. Actually, we've uh, covered this um, quite recently, or updates for XIV2 quite recently, uh, both in episode 115 and 117. So it looks like someone is probably fuzzing it. Uh, I don't know if that's covered by OSS fuzz or not. Uh, but yeah, um, this case was a heat buffer overflow in the handling of JPEG image metadata. And so again, the kind of thing that could be uh, used for a denial of service attack or possible remote code execution. And up last was an update for the Perl DBI module. So two vulnerabilities fixed here for 1804 long-term support and 2004 long-term support users. Uh, this was actually an incomplete fix for the previous uh, vulnerability all the way back in 2014. Uh, so in this case, uh, Perl DBI would allow access to files outside of the original data source directory. And the fix for this uh, was not complete, uh, was still potentially vulnerable. And so this was fixed to more strictly parse attributes uh, to avoid that. As well, there's a possible stack buffer overflow if you were using a really long uh, Perl package name as a database driver. So unlikely that you could actually trigger this in practice, but yeah, it was using a fixed uh, 300 byte sized buffer on the stack to copy or mem copy that uh, file name into. And so obviously if it's not doing bounds checking on that, you get a stack buffer overflow. This was fixed instead to allocate the buffer on the heap using the exact size that was required. So the kind of thing that should just be done as good practice. And that is it for this week in security updates. And so there's a couple of things I wanted to talk about as well this week. The first was a, um, a patch set from uh, Case Cook. He was at Google, uh, but used to be on the Ubuntu security team. So awesome to see Case doing cool work. But this patch set uh, is for the Linux kernel, and it aims at making a mem copy within the kernel, try to detect more cases where you would uh, get uh, buffer overflows. So the current kernel uh, mem copy implementation is actually able to detect um, certain cases of buffer overflow when you particularly you're writing outside the bounds of a given structure. Now that's because at uh, often at compile time, actually, you can even uh, detect the size of uh, structures. You'd be probably used to um, certain patterns like, oh, mem copy a, a certain pointer to another pointer and then using size of that, that kind of thing. Uh, and so, but, and there are other cases where it can actually even detect uh, sizes at runtime. And so it does have a lot of different checks in there, but it can't handle the case if you were trying to say overwrite um, parts of a structure. And so, Within uh, the networking stack, it's often quite common that, uh, say, mem memset will be used to set you know the rest of you know a uh, structure to zero, that kind of thing, and so that can't easily be detected. And so the, the issues that Case wanted to fix here was basically the idea that you wanted to detect if someone was overriding extra structures or extra elements within a structure that weren't intended to be done. 
And so this patch set introduces uh, a bunch of uh, new macro magic to allow certain uh, sort of substructures to be declared so that you can say, look, I just want to overwrite, say, or I want to copy into just these two structures. And then it will then do size checking to make sure you're not copying beyond the end of those, which is cool. But uh, then to use that and actually have it work properly, there's a heap of refactoring that has to go into existing code within the kernel. So the patch set is huge. It touches a lot of different parts of the kernel. And so I guess that also illustrates what makes this kind of hardening work quite difficult is that uh, any one of these changes usually touches so many other parts of the kernel. There are lots of different code patterns that need to be updated. And yeah, lots of maintainers, you kind of need to get on side with any one of these changes. But it is cool to see this work being done. We have seen similar success with things like variable length arrays and that kind of work in the past. And so, yeah, I do hope this does make it in. And actually, as Case says uh, in the patch set, that for uh, the 11 most recent uh, known memcopy buffer overflows that have been real vulnerabilities in the kernel, had this been implemented, it would have detected those, which is pretty cool. Uh, talking of detections, at the moment it will just raise a warning if it does detect uh, an overflow at runtime. The idea would be to eventually make that not just a warning, but I guess to actually probably panic the kernel or similar uh, to actually enforce it. But because yeah, there are a lot of different call sites that aren't necessarily known uh, where this may be needed, uh, for a while it will be kind of in warning only mode uh, when it does eventually get merged. So yeah, let's hope that gets in soon because it would be very cool to see uh, that kind of hardening. Plus, uh, another thing I wanted to point out, uh, Case has a blog post up on the Google security blog. And it's more, this one isn't so much about, you know, a particular hardening measure, but it's more about trying to get, I guess, more uh, organizations and more vendors on side to try to band together and contribute more resources, really, to doing uh, kernel security upstream. Case sort of discusses how uh, a lot of different vendors will be using a given you know, kernel version and you, you either choose to probably never apply patches, which doesn't sound good. You know, you're then out of date and you'll have a lot of vulnerabilities that could potentially be uh, exploited against you. Or maybe you're trying to just fix CVEs in your kernel, but the problem is that a lot of different fixes that go into the kernel are most likely security related, but they do not get CVEs allocated for them. And so then in that case, you're probably missing a heap of patches that you really should need. And so the only other way to really uh, make sure that you are uh, as invulnerable as possible is to be using uh, either the latest uh, kernel version that is released or using one of the stable trees. And so then, you know, if everyone is using the stable trees, that then means that we're all working from a common base. And then we can start devoting more work uh, to doing things like testing the upstream trees, uh, doing hardening work on the upstream trees, that kind of thing, rather than everyone spending their time manually backporting a heap of patches as uh, kind of currently goes on in lots of places. Uh, in Ubuntu, we do uh, make use of the stable trees. We have essentially the Ubuntu kernels that you're running on your machines, uh, forks of the stable trees, and we do keep up to date with the stable uh, patch sets. The kernel team does a great job of doing that, uh, plus also bringing in other fixes and things like that that we need, you know, whether for hardware enablement or the like. So we are doing a lot of work um, kind of staying up to date with the stable trees. But I do agree that it would be cool to see uh, perhaps Ubuntu also putting some more work into um, kernel hardening and that kind of thing. Uh, we do have some engineers that are focused on that kind of work, in particular Colin King from the kernel team uh, does a great job running the kernel through uh, tools like Coverity, picking up all the different um, warnings and uh, potential vulnerabilities that it finds and then contributing those fixes upstream. So that is cool. Uh, but yeah, it would be great uh, for us. You know, I guess everyone can always do more to make uh, to make things more secure for all the rest of us. So yeah, that is great to see. So yeah, if you want to uh, know more about that, I've got a link to that in the show notes. 
All right. Um, and the other thing I just want to put out is that we uh, are still hiring. We've got a number of open positions. I've got links to those in the show notes. So yeah, if you are keen to join our team, check it out and apply. We'd love to have you uh, join our team. Okay. So that's it for this week's episode. As usual, if you want to get in contact with the team, you can email us at securityubuntu.com. We do hang out in the Ubuntu security channel on uh, libera.chat, the IRC network. Uh, you can also create a topic on discourse.ubuntu.com under the security section, or you can find us on Twitter at Ubuntu underscore sec. So thanks, everyone, for listening again for another week. It has been great doing this all again for you. Uh, I will be back again next week. But until then, remember, keep calm because we've got your back, and I'll speak to you soon. Bye.